talking about podcasts. We're talking about itty bitty podcasts. A podcast. <laughs> Merry Mini Monday, Chunkies. What a ride. I'm Carter. What a journey we've taken together. I'm Doge. I'm still at the beginning. I'm Jordan. <laughs> uh, I want to talk a trailer really quick. Please. As we, as we jump this off, as we start these things. As of our recording day, it was just yesterday that Dune Part 2 trailer dropped. It looks yeah. very good. It continues it to does. look very good. What's up there, Florence Pugh? Hey there, Chris Walken. Hey there, Austin Butler. Welcome. Welcome to Did the Did we know epic. Christopher Walken was in it? I had. Yeah. I remember seeing that. I feel like I yeah, learned it in the trailer, it. but maybe not. And then we still haven't seen uh, Florence at all. She's in the trailer. She is? Yeah. She's the one who's wearing that like, it looks like chainmail looking thing. Princess oh. vibe. Yeah. It's like crawling across she's her face and it's open for a while. Yeah, we hear her like, talking oh. to Chris Walken. Okay. Right. Talking like she doesn't walking. have any arms and legs, like a big mouth. She swims around under the sand. Yeah. She's perfect. No. She looks really good. It's a really transformative role. Yeah, that's the that's the worm. Yeah. I I was reminded oh, if anything, I get them mixed up. Yeah. If anything from this trailer, how many really good actors are in yeah. this out there? Holy holy moly. Yeah. There's a lot of them out there is what it, it helped me remember. Uh something else Same. there's a lot of out there. And especially now since a new iteration of it has come out just this past weekend. I want to start our episode today by just playing a touch of Jolf. It's, it's mm. tough to play Jolf this time of the day in the Texas heat. But, you know, those that are dedicated to the craft, these kind of things don't really matter. We're just going to get And heat there. ain't nothing but a temperature, baby. You know, a, that's what I always say. Ain't nothing but a temperature. If you've never heard of Jolf, that's... Jolf with three J's. Uh, this was a game that was invented well before the other game of a similar name uh, that involves an IMDb. Nope. No, it doesn't. It involves Rotten Tomatoes, Flickster. We do the either critic or audience reviews. These boys each have 22 allotted strokes in which uh, they can use up. Once they're out of those strokes in terms of how close they get to the actual review percentage on Rotten Tomatoes, uh, whoever gets the most without running out wins the game. Today, I want to use Indiana Jones series. And we're going to start with Raiders of the Lost Ark, the very first one. Is there cool. anyone who would like to go first? I feel like Doug should go uh, first. Oh, it's his favorite. Important. I mean, I feel like I should get to. Yeah. Important question here. Do you want to use the critic review or the audience review? Critic. Critic. Okay. Great. Doge, whenever you're ready. 93%. Jordan? 88. The actual, uh, Doge said 93%. Mm. The actual critic review for Raiders of the Lost Ark, 93%. Wow. Ooh. Right on the Doge. Wow. Ooh. Very nice. He belongs Start. in a museum. Just as you would hope it would be for, and it, we've said this before, it'll, it'll come up on tomorrow's episode, but is Indiana Jones your favorite movie character of all time? Ooh, 
I think so. Yeah. I do it's think so. It's a good so. one. I don't think you get a lot yeah. of people that would be like, nah. <laughs> right. Nah, I didn't really Not like, like somebody being like Hannibal Lecter is my favorite. Yeah. Be no, like, what? Why? Uh, let's just he go. He doesn't even eat. He only eats one people in the whole only movie. Only one people in the whole movie. Yeah. Who would even say? We did get a, we got a Hannibal Lecter in Dial of Destiny. I forgot about that. He yeah, was we there. did. We just didn't have a Hobbit. We were almost, we almost had the whole trio in the same movie. Uh, we did. <laughs> you guys, I could have seen Sean. Astin. You guys didn't cast or catch Sean Astin in the uh, very beginning of the movie. N- notably, <laughs> notably, not a Nazi. Thank you, big fan. Mm. <laughs> yeah, mm. love it. Big fan. Yeah, mine. Mine was a Nazi. Let's do Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Let's just go down, down the line here. Jordan, you'll go first. Yeah. Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, featuring Oscar winner Ki Kwan. I'm going to say 72%. 79. The actual, uh, Jordan said 72%. The actual critic review on Rotten Tomatoes, 77%. So five just, strokes lost by Jordan. He's also Jones playing. Match. Jordan, you're playing a great game. You're playing a I'm great trying, game. Josh. I'm trying. It's just Doge's is a touch historic here. But sure. I promise it's going to get harder. But next, let's do Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Okay. Featuring one Sean Connery. Sean Connery. I suddenly remembered my Charlemagne. <laughs> This is my favorite uh, hmm. of the Indiana Jones movies. Same. Same. Very same. Uh, 88%. Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. She talks in her sleep. She talks in her sleep. 80. I suddenly remember. <laughs> uh... We had 88 from Doge, 80 from Jordan. Splitting the difference mm. right in the middle of the actual critic review, 84. So we we broke even here. We both lost four strokes. So that brings Jordan down to eight left mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. as we've gone through the OG3 of the Indiana, Indiana Jones series. And Doge, 16 strokes left. Thanks mm. for that. Uh, thankful for the Maybe our first ace that we've ever had there for Raiders mm-hmm. of the Lost Ark. Very appropriate. Have Next, we ever had a hole-in-one? I don't know if we've had a hole-in-one. I don't remember it. Huh. Didn't, I don't remember feeling that feeling in my body. I don't know that I've ever gotten one. Jordan, have you gotten one before? I don't remember. I don't think so. It feels like something you'd remember, getting, yeah. It feels like something you'd remember. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to tell everybody about today <laughs> when I meet him for the first yeah. time. Hey, hole-in-one. You can get it framed. Just frame it. <laughs> It's just, I don't just know what it would look form. like. It's just the waveform. It's like the, t- <laughs> the waveform, the timestamp. <laughs> Jordan, you're going to go first. Yeah. Nope. Oh, yes, you are going to go first on this one. Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Critic review. 51%. percent 54%. Sorry, I had to do the big maths. That's usually what happens when we're very wrong. <laughs> oh. So, 
Here's, here's obviously, let's have a conversation about this as we end off. I will say okay. that Doge is our winner here. Yeah. The actual critic review of Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull was 77 certified pers- mm. uh, 77% certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. The audience score- I can score, absolutely see that. The audience score was 53%. Hmm. Massive difference here. Very interesting conversation. I want to hear more about that after we crown you because Jordan ended with negative 18. There was a lot of water and sand on this final hole of Joff. It's a tough one. Yeah. A, lot of, a lot of extraterrestrials. And Jordan uh, and Doge ended with negative five. Now, in Joff, being in the negative is not good. In golf, Jordan would have killed it at 18. Crushed. Yeah. But yeah. let's talk about this. Doge, you're not surprised that. Uh, right. Kingdom of the Crystal Skull was 77% for critics. Why is that? Because I was. I think it's because each individual component of that movie is firing on all Indiana Jones appropriate syllable, cylinders. Uh, I, I think the dislike for that movie is a matter of taste because like technically from a film craft standpoint, an alien at the end of the movie is sort of no different than a night of the round table at the end of the movie. You know what I mean? Like it's not that far removed, uh, especially when you take in Lucas's like intent for that movie and Spielberg, when they're working together on that movie, it's like the ones set in the thirties, they're going to be modeled after the pulpy adventure novels of the thirties. And so it's going to be like biblical supernatural type artifacts and stuff. Yeah. And this one set in the fifties is going to be modeled after the pulp entertainment of the fifties, which was, aliens and the blob that ate St. Louis and like all of that kind of stuff. And so that it, it works conceptually, I think a lot better than it does in execution. And so Mm. I think critics were probably grading it conceptually on the strength of the idea rather than the execution. And like, yeah, it's a good idea, but do we like it? Is it any good? And the answer to that is no. It's just to me that, that logic, which I, I agree. That's probably the logic. I agree with you. It just feels like it's the same logic as saying like, I mean, I hated the new Fast and Furious movie, but there were cars and that is all you need to make a Fast and Furious movie. So the ingredients were Someone was angry and right. someone was quick. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 I, yeah. I think if I was to echo like what my gut says and what the audience score said back when this uh, was released 15 years ago, by the way. Crazy, crazy. He, Did you know that is one, the difference between... Uh, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull and Dial of Destiny is one year shorter than the distance between Return of the Jedi and The Phantom Menace. Wow. Wow. Isn't that nuts? It was 16 years between Star Wars Episode 6 and Episode 1. That's crazy to me. That turned my world upside down. That's wild. Wow. Uh, In reflection of like that audience score, for me, watching that movie, it didn't feel like our history anymore. It didn't feel like our world's history it felt like if Bigfoot or somebody yeah. like that showed yeah. up in an Indiana Jones movie. Granted, yes. I mean, there's all these, uh, and you know, I think they leaned into that a little bit with Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, but we have these entire civilizations that just disappear and we don't know where they went. And so it's like, oh, aliens. But yeah. it, it just, it was too genre bendy. It was too much of a different genre to me. Um, whereas some other things that are wild, can feel much more appropriate we, to me personally. I don't want to get too much into what we talk about tomorrow. But yeah. Doge, congratulations uh, on your home course. Thank you. Uh, Thank you. One for the ages. Our first ace on Jolf. 
And now mm. we'll do uh feels good. Feels good for it to be like on my favorite movie. Yeah. I'm not surprised that you knew that. I don't know if I could get Silence of the Lambs dead on. I really don't. I don't think I knew it. I think it I think it knew me. Mm, I think that number called dang. to me out of the ether. And all I I didn't know the number. All I had to do was respond and say the number that was already there. Yeah. You know what I mean? It knew me. That's the quote. That's what they're gonna do in the great sports journals for this one. <laughs> Let's take an ad break, and then we've got a brand new game that I am incredibly excited for. That's the one I'm excited about. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back from the ads. Yeah. We have a game, and I have dedicated the second half of our episode. Thank you. In its entirety to this. Uh, we were throwing around the idea quite a while ago about there, there are in pop culture, in just news, there are really interesting stories. One that stands out to me is, is Gwyneth Paltrow and the skiing accident in which she was being sued. <laughs> Uh, just yeah, really, really like TMZ couldn't write it themselves kind of stuff. Sure. And with how quickly movies are being like, there's there's a GameStop movie with Paul Dano being made right <laughs> now about the the stock market with GameStop. Like they're making a movie about this. Uh, with Paul da- with Paul Dano. Yes. And okay, that good, feels good for like, me to know personally for no reason. Yeah, that feels like it happened. Two or three years ago, right? And so it's like we're looking for these stories right now in Hollywood. We want to eat them up. Let's get because it feels like that happened and somebody, the wheels were turning. I don't think this movie gets made and conceptualized and stuff in three months. Everybody says, yes, let's just get it done. That means like within a year, likely someone was like, let's get a story on this. Let's make it happen. We were talking about biopics the other day and how it's kind of odd that Elton, like Elton John feels like a touch of an outlier. In terms of like Oscar-y, like biopic stuff, because he's still alive, and there was this big biopic about him <laughs> that was almost yeah. Jamie Foxx with Ray Charles. But as just before that movie hit the big screens, Ray Charles had passed away, and so really, really interesting stuff. But uh, I thought, especially in the in the in the midst of this writer's strike, I've always been impressed by what the three of us can do in terms of putting a story together. Mm. And it's not like you haven't had conversations with your friends, those of you listening, of like, who would you cast as blank? This real life person. Yeah. It can even be fun. Like we've done it before of like, who would play us in a movie? Uh, but there's a much bigger chance that that our story for today could be on the big screen someday. Sure. And we need to talk about the yeah. Elon Musk, Mark Zuckerberg beef that has turned into maybe a cage match. This yeah, story what? alone. Even if it becomes, even if it's just speculation, this is enough for the writers of the world to completely latch on. There's plenty of movies that are like based on a based on a true story, mm. loosely based on a true story. Today's game though yeah. is called Boats. It's an acronym based on a true story. So we're, we're going to jump in the boat. We're going to ride the wave. We're going to navigate yeah. the seas. And I want us to cast 
as if this was going to happen. And we'll talk about the main players as I tell a bit more about this story. Elon Musk and Mark Zuckerberg, even if you hadn't heard they had beef, it feels like most people that hear it for the first time get it for some reason, because here we have these two gazillionaires uh, that seem to have somewhat of an ego. Mm. What? It's a very nice way of saying it. A little, a little, it's a very nice a little way of bit. It. Each having made individual news for over for decades, over a decade. It feels like Zuckerberg's yeah. been around for a long time. And then Musk came on the both. scene. Over a decade for both. And now we have this beef because Elon Musk just really likes to push buttons. He is, he is chaotic neutral. I think he's only out for himself and he doesn't really care what's destroyed in his wake. And he's kind of just neutral. Been neutral, I think, is a charitable read on this boy. Chaotic for sure. Neutral is a charitable read on Elon. But let's keep going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you say instead of evil, chaotic evil? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll say it, chaotic evil. Uh, but he's just like been poking Zuckerberg for a while and then ultimately said cage match. You know, it's just like, let's just let's just fight. Let's get it out there and actually fisticuffs this which, stuff. Which, by feels the way, I want to be super clear, the single douchiest thing you can do, possibly do. Yeah. 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 Yeah, absolutely. And so here's our players. Here's what I want us to do. Most often in boats, I want us to cast five characters in this. Uh, granted, there's probably going to be some current event that happens. That there's, there's two or three players that make sense. And maybe mm-hmm. we even manifest another one just for fun. Because uh, it does feel like that happens sometimes in these, in these biopics. At least one that would feel a little bit in, in the flavor that this kind of story would. But I need five individuals cast here. One, Mark Zuckerberg who we've seen before as Jesse Eisenberg. I decided, and I talked to Jordan, I think he also said, like, no repeats. Uh, no, this is not the social network, too. We can't no, do we're that. Not doing, even though Eisenberg, two or three years ago, I saw an article that he said he'd be down to play Mark Zuckerberg again. I'm like, cool. I, it, it's probably because you don't really have to do anything different to, to play him, right. Jesse. But that's very nice of you. And we need to cast Elon Musk. We need to cast Dana White who is the somewhat commissioner president of UFC, who is a close player yeah. in making this happen. He wants it to be through the vein of, of UFC fighting. So that means if this, if this cage match happens, it's probably UFC rules, which means, yo, punch, kick, grapple. You can kind of do a little bit of everything. It's not boxing. <laughs> and it feels like for some reason that UFC is a bit more appropriate for if something random like this happens than boxing. Boxing yeah. feels like it would be yeah. silly. Everybody's just kind of bouncing around. Uh, and then we have— You heard it here first. Carter thinks boxers are silly. No, 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 no. <laughs> I've watched some, like, marquee boxing matchups that were boring because mm-hmm. everybody's really fast. Everybody's dodgy. The fact that you can grapple somebody changes a match completely. If I can catch you and you can just give up, right? Then we have Joe Rogan. Who, if anything is going to be talked about with Dana White, it's also going to be Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan also seems to be Joe Rogan also seems to be somewhat of the mouthpiece of this, right? What, what a perfect, no. what a, a perfect person to throw into a messy thing like this. And then finally, this is He's one that I came up with. Usually, so good and cool and smart, though. There's a fun article out there. There's a, there's a handful of them about how you know why would Zuckerberg say yes? Because really, Elon Musk has about. I think four to five inches, like half a foot 
on Zuckerberg and like 60 pounds. And so it feels like- I believe it's six inches, 40 pounds, according to the Six inches, 40 pounds on Zuckerberg. And so it's kind of like- But that's what Brazilian jiu-jitsu does. Who says the playing Brazilian jiu-jitsu. So we happen to know that Zuckerberg has been dabbling relatively seriously. He's pretty proud of it into some Brazilian jiu-jitsu. So maybe he gets to try that out on Elon Musk. This story just keeps getting better. So I need us to also cast in that fifth spot the instructor- of this Brazilian jiu-jitsu for Mark Zuckerberg. Can we cast in reverse order? Like cast the smaller roles and then- Oh, but I'm the most excited about the Brazilian jiu-jitsu instructor. (laughs) I am too, but I think Mark and Elon are the big draw. I don't care either way. I thought it'd be fun to go in reverse order. let's reverse it. I'm just just the guy who won Jolf. What do I know? Let's reverse it. We'll actually do then. Let's do, because I think casting Joe Rogan is more interesting. He'll be right there in the middle. So we'll go instructor- Dana White, Rogan, and then we'll decide who's first on Musk and Zuckerberg. They feel like a wash. Okay. So in our inaugural boats, I don't mind going first here. Okay. Um, and I do want to say it was really interesting to see. I was looking up celebrities also that have done Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Um, ones that were obvious is Char- uh, Chuck Norris has black belts in like four or five different… Uh, yeah, tracks. Different practices. What would you call it? Disciplines. A practice? Disciplines. Um, Donnie Yen, all over the place. You know who was a surprising black belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu? Ed O'Neill. Interesting. I think even third degree. He's up there. Ed O'Neill. surprising. Of all people. But here we are. My Brazilian instructor, Brazilian jiu-jitsu instructor, is one— Hang on. Before you say this, Carter, what's what's the tone of your movie? Like, what is it most similar to— because um, I think that's really important when we're talking about casting is like what so vibe much. are you trying to create with this Absolutely. group? Absolutely. I know exactly what my vibe is. To me, Judd Apatow. Do I ever say his name right? Apatow? I Apatow? It. I think it's Apatow. It's a Judd Apatow flick. To me, okay. in this sense. Who, you know, it comes with his own whatever. But it's somebody that's like, yeah. to me, it's comedy. It is kind mm-hmm. of like when we, made, when we made the interview and we cast... Carter, Kim the Jong-il. interview is my exact inspiration. The interview is my my touchstone point as well. Yeah. Okay, yeah. cool. So we're all aiming like, for kind of the same vibe. Yeah. Quote, unquote, like world powers and then smaller characters in just chaos. Like mm-hmm. it's just, it's ridiculous. Yeah. And I think what we're doing, you have to with, with like a Zuckerberg or an Elon Musk in this situation, caricatures of. It's over the top. It's made to make fun of them. We all have the same jujitsu instructor. I can feel it right now. You don't. I, I don't think you do. Because I wanted to pick someone native of Brazil. Oh, interesting. No, we don't then. Okay. Someone who I think is actually really funny, and he's been in a lot of big stuff. Rodrigo Santoro. Do you know who that is? I don't think I do. He was in Westworld. He's the man in black. He's like... Uh, oh, yeah. oh, cool. He was in Love, actually. He's like the nerdy guy. The man in black in Westworld? He's Hector. Not the man in black. He's Hector. He wears okay. He wears all black. You mean Ed not Harris? No, not, not Ed Harris. He was in Lost. He was in. He was Xerxes in Three Hundred. Anyways, I think cool, he'd be fun. good for it. And he actually looks like he could do some jujitsu. I think it would be fun to just have him in there because a lot of my money spending in terms of casting, even though in a hypothetical we've got endless amounts of money, is on my yeah. my final four. Mm. But yeah, I've got Rodrigo Santoro as our Brazilian jujitsu instructor. Nice. Because I like the, cool. I like him. I like this gorgeous Brazilian man, fit man being opposite 
Mark Zuckerberg. Sure. It's just, yeah. it's just bizarre and funny to me. Yeah. So, uh, who's up next? I'll go next since Jordan, you're most excited about yours. Excited. My Brazilian jiu-jitsu instructor for Zuckerberg is a fellow nerd who does not actually practice jiu-jitsu, but just knows a lot about it and can basically give you the perfect equation for the perfect arc of your kick. Uh, and it is going to be played by Danny Pudi. <laughs> okay. Interesting. Interesting. What else has Danny Pudi been in? Community, baby. He's Abed in Community. Oh, yes, 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 yes. I love that. Verget. Rodrigo Santoro, Danny Pudi. Yeah. Um, for me, this was the only one on the list that I knew before I sat down to make the list. Like I read Mark Zuckerberg's <laughs> Brazilian jiu-jitsu instructor. And I was like, okay, that's done. Let's move on to the rest of these people. And this is the casting that helped me pick the rest of my cast. And in my head, this is who the movie's about. It's oh. about a washed up Brazilian jiu-jitsu instructor who has a chance to send someone into a massive fight. And uh, I had to pick somebody that's whose funny. energy matched my conversational experience with Brazilian jiu-jitsu. So with that said, for my movie, Zuckerberg's Brazilian jiu-jitsu instructor will be played by none other than Danny McBride. <laughs> <laughs> that's incredible. Yeah, that's, that's incredible. the exact flavor. That's really good. <laughs> he just that's is really yeah. good. <laughs> I just he never takes off his gi the whole movie. He's just in he's just he's just in his yeah, his uniform the entire movie. The entire feels movie. like pineapple Pineapple Express, Danny McBride a little bit. Yeah, there would obviously uh, be a scene where somebody comes to his house after hours and knocks on the door and he's got a silk gi as his pajamas. Like he just has different yeah. versions. He's a dress gi with like a tie. And Yeah, I love that. <laughs> who Did y'all have any other, who were, were there any other close uh, competitors there? For uh, Danny, Danny Pudi barely beat out Hank Azaria for me for this role. Oh, nice. oh awesome. I thought Sting would be fun <laughs> as... <laughs> Brazilian jiu-jitsu instructor. That would be fun. <laughs> and he's just like, and you have to hold. Now let's you go. Have to hold, you have to hold the position for hours, hours, hours. and hours. <laughs> We're gonna push you to the limits and beyond. Uh, let's move on to Dana White. This is our UFC president, the guy right. who's kind of going to to run things. Sure. And and I mentioned this to the guys just today. Uh, it was offered by Rome for this fight to happen at the Colosseum. There's speculation that it's even possible. So we got to cast if it was, the Pope. If, no, if it was in the Col <laughs> well, we could. If it was in the Colosseum, I think you could only really have hundreds of people there. Um, so it's it's kind of like, is the Colosseum maybe even the backdrop for this? Because, yeah. you know, a cage match, yeah. you just need a cage. My cast for the Pope is Jonathan Banks. Great. Yeah. I'll take him. <laughs> Jordan, if you don't mind. Yeah. We'll kind of snake draft it. Can you go and do Dana White for us first? Yes, yeah, I'd love to. Who you got? Uh, my Dana White. Vroom, vroom, baby. Rev up the engines. Mm -hmm. It's Vinci yeah. Vincenzo Diesel. Oh, that's really good. I didn't yeah. even think of Vin. Yeah. It, it's that's mostly… really good. It, it, and if I'm going to be honest, because they're bald. But… <laughs> <laughs> it works for me in a really powerful way. Other bald man. Especially in this vibe. By the way, would you guys like watch it. the movie you have cast and dreamed in your head? Yeah. Same. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Same. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, I think, you know, 
both Dana White and Joe Rogan fought. Like they have fighting experience too. So it's good to have a big boy or, or a, a, yeah. at least a formerly big boy in these scenarios. But another thing too of doing boats is I just want to be able to flex three or four years from now. And be like, yeah, we got two out of the five here. When we it got, happens. We did this first. Yeah. Because I've no, we've done it before. I know we can do it again. Yeah. Doge, who's your Dana White? Dean Norris. Oh, nice. Very good. Who plays who plays Hank Schrader in Breaking Bad? Very oh, good. That's so good. Cause he can play kind of in the Dana White in mine is kind of a wash-up, has been looking to have that's this so match good, to dude. it's for the same reason that that Jordan's instructor is trying to have this match. Right. It's just like I gotta see my name in lights one more time. Right. And so having that. having Dean Norris as a, a washed up has been Dana White trying to chase that glory once more Dean Norris feels great is a to really me. Really great call here. That's a really great call. Uh, for me, I wanted to pick someone who has uh, we've seen them in the ring before in movies, and they've been pretty. They can kind of transform into other characters. I think they're not afraid to be a little bit more different than what you would expect of them. But I'm saying Chan- Channing Tatum uh, <laughs> for Dana White would be good here. Fun. Um, Joe Rogan for me was one of my favorites. I needed somebody who could be an absolute expletive. Sure. Um, yeah. but still walk around with some confidence that felt given to them by sovereign entities. And Joe Rogan for me is Mark Wahlberg. Okay. Um, <laughs> That's I think, good. I think Mark Wahlberg with a good, good spray tan could be a pretty convincing Joe Rogan. I, I think that. he'd have I think he'd have a lot of fun mm. with that. Doge, who would you have for Joe Rogan? This was one of the first choices that I landed on. It's Danny McBride. Oh, okay. oh so we got Danny in this movie regardless. We got Danny in, in two different versions of That's this movie. So funny. Very nice. Danny McBride. Honestly, he could play both. Rogan. It would be pretty great. <laughs> <laughs> it's just all Danny McBride. It'd be great. Jordan, who do you have as Joe Rogan? Dave Batista. It just because of his role he, in because the Glass of Glass Onion, Onion, it is just yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. to me the only option for a satirical Joe Rogan. Um yeah. he's so good at it. He can be such a and douche, also, but also so yeah, funny. it feels like it feels like give give Joe Rogan the physique that he thinks he has, but actually <laughs> right. see it on this screen. Like I want Joe Rogan. That's fun because <laughs> I'd love Joe Rogan to be able to watch and like covet that Joe Rogan. Hey, I mean Joe Rogan, real life Joe Rogan could rip me limb from limb. So I, I you know, oh one hundred, you know, no, no, but yeah, I just know he'll, yeah, he'll put me in a in a tight box and throw scorpions on me. Probably, yeah, probably that would be mm-hmm. bad news. That yeah. is yeah. that is a factor to consider. Jordan, I'm gonna let you pick hey, when that happens. You've got you've got our next pick here. Are you going Zuckerberg or I'm gonna go Musk? Elon Musk. I'm gonna first. go Elon Musk. Okay. Um, this one was. This one came to me after I decided who In a my dream. Zuckerberg was. But I'm more excited about this than my Zuckerberg. Although pretty stoked about both, if I'm being honest with you. Elon Musk, this time is going to be Bill Hader. Mm. <laughs> that's good. Bill Hader's pretty tall, too. Yeah, that's great. Yep, He is tall. He is tall. He is that's tall. funny. This was the only one that I really like height-wise, was making sure that I tried to be pretty close. Because that is one of the the really comedic things about if this matchup even happens, is they're very different. They yeah. would not be in the same weight class. That's really good, Bill Hader. It, Doge? Uh, so for these, I kind of defaulted to the Burton-Ernie rule, where you need one 
one orange-shaped man and one banana-shaped man to make a pair of things funny. And Elon Musk is the orange-shaped man. And so I was looking for an orange-shaped man for this. And I think the closest I can get, and I think maybe he'll be sort of the straight man in this comedy, is Paul Dano. Uh, Mm, I want to see exactly how far he can flex (laughs) into comedy, but also be sort of the... uh, the blank refrigerator door that I think Elon Musk probably is in real life yeah. so that the comedy yeah. can bounce off of him and happen. Yeah. I love that. That makes sense why you were in on the, the GameStop movie. Paul Dano's just going to yeah. hit all these current <laughs> events. Sure. Yeah. I'm trying to think the funniest thing I've ever seen him in maybe is Little Miss Sunshine, but even then he was playing a character that was outside of the realm right. of what the rest of that movie was on purpose. By the way, in my movie, there is a subplot where Bill Hader's Elon Musk might be an alien. That's great. Yeah, that's fair. Or an android. Yeah. That's fair. That's great. I my Elon Musk is uh, similar in a way of like a straight man, maybe trying to push himself a little bit. This is someone who's been in comedy and has done really well too. I think John Hamm would make an intriguing. <laughs> oh, that's fun. Elon Musk. I think it would be great. And then my Zuckerberg, as we round things out, it's the first thing I thought of, and I couldn't, I couldn't create creative my way out of it. But Michael Sarah, uh, yeah. as as Mark Zuckerberg, I, I have, because he's so lean, because Michael Sarah, because he's is so also lean, my Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah, I've always assumed that he was <laughs> taller, but he's just five nine. And so I think that's that would still work for me. Yeah, it's, and I'd love to see him. I've got him then with Rodrigo Santoro sharing a ton of scenes together. Do you envision your jiu-jitsu instructor in in Zuckerberg's corner for the fight? Oh, for sure. Or like dude. up against the fence and stuff and cheering him on? Yeah, it's got to be there. He's got to be in it. Yeah, for sure. And I have I have yeah. images in my head of it's Bill Hader in my brain, but of Elon Musk in this movie training and it's sort of a rocky thing where it's like Zuckerberg and his Brazilian jiu-jitsu instructor, you know, it's like chasing chickens and punching meat and doing things the old school way. And yeah. Musk uh is like sitting cross-legged with these like VR goggles on, just like s- sitting still for hours at a time and just like a slow zoom in on him. Yeah, and every once in a while yeah. he's yeah. just sort of like <laughs> Uh, I like it. Oh. <laughs> By the way, the cover uh, of this movie I'm, is Bill Hader and Michael Sarah forehead to forehead, and in between the space between their chins is yes, Danny McBride with his hands together, hundred percent. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, Adam Scott is playing Mark Zuckerberg in yeah. my movie. Yeah, very good. Because him and Danny Pudi are going to be two small nerds trying to do math about how to fight one big nerd. That's amazing. Zuckerberg wins in I my love movie. That. But the world loses. Uh, yeah, I think I think I've accidentally cast a movie in my mind where Zuckerberg's a lovable underdog. I know, I think I have too. <laughs> also, just Oops. just by the way, I think that the funniest outcome for this is that um the Coliseum is absolutely packed to the brim for this fight. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> like, makes no sense structurally. Yes. Yeah. Like Crazy full. Yeah. Yeah. To end today's episode, in my mind, I didn't even think about who would win. I I don't mind. It would be so ridiculous that it could be that maybe 
uh, not in a UFC style, but more in a WWE style, like Justin Timberlake shows up reprising the same role he had in Social Network, <laughs> and he wins somehow. I, I just, I just yeah. think it, it's just silly. Um, to end today's episode, great, great first boats, man. We could be boats people. It's that guy, the boats guy, who got famous. That see that Twitter. He's a CEO of some company on Twitter and he's got long hair and a beard and he got he kind of blew up because all of his tweets were like, my company pays fair wages, my company. It's amazing yeah. what people can yeah. do when you give them time to spend time with their families, which if he's legit about all that, great. I'm very proud of you. But he out of nowhere just sprints in and knocks them both out to end the fight. I think it's also <laughs> Naruto runs in there. <laughs> to end today's episode, I'd love to have your name in the title of the movie. Yeah. I'm Carter, and I think the irony of naming it the exact same name of a really serious fighting movie is funny because it shows in an Inception way, like you're winking at the the lack of awareness of many of our main players in this. <laughs> what if I was like Rocky? <laughs> um, <laughs> this movie would just be called Ali. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> I'm Doge, and this movie's called The Duel. Very good. I also took inspiration from another movie about fighting. I'm Jordan. This is Billion Dollar Babies. Oh. <laughs> yeah. That's really good. Gosh dang it, dude. <laughs> the end is just they both fall on a chair <laughs> in each of Cry. their respective corners. <laughs> who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need plus you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you call click Granger.com, or just stop by Granger for the ones who get it done When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.